Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts and thank you for all of your support. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for sharing the episode with others to give them an opportunity to hear what our guests have to say. Today I am fortunate to have Demika Daniels with me. Uh, Demika Daniels has accepted my invitation to provide a, a younger perspective uh, concerning our thoughts today. And so I will turn the microphone over to Demika, give her a chance to greet you, a brief introduction of herself, and then we'll start the conversation. Okay, Demika. Hi, yes, um, I'm Demika Daniels. Um, I currently work in higher education. Um, I do dual enrollment where I partner with the high schools to help high school students take college classes while they're still in high school to help them not only transition into the workforce, but to also transition to four-year colleges if they like. So I kind of help the students um, pass the baton onto what they want to do after they graduate. So that's most of what I do every day. But Demika, I really appreciate what you do uh, for those students. I appreciate what you do in the community. You and I have met. This is not our first meeting. So no, I know not. what you do in the community. And I know I know what you provide and what you sacrifice. And I just want to thank you for what you and your family do for this community. Oh, but, thank you. But Demika, I ask you to come on board. You know, after looking at the, the trial of of George Floyd. Now we have the situation with Dante Wright and listening to the trial has made me think back on everything, you know, the protests, the the unity, the changes that young people have created. And I would like to just get your thoughts on how did you see the the murder of George Floyd? and the the protests, what did those things have on you initially? Um, Initially, like, I couldn't even watch the the video of George Floyd's murder. Like, I just, like, I guess I had just reached the point where I was like, oh, my goodness, like, literally someone was murdered on broadcast. Like, we got to witness it. And I think that's probably what, was an eye-opener for many other individuals, young and old. I think the fact that we got to see the nine-plus minutes and actually visualize and see that someone was murdered right before, like, there was no denying it. You got to to see it hands-on, and you got to hear interactions with bystanders, and you got to hear people say, get off of him, or you're hurting him, and you got to see that. And I think that's what really was an opener to me that that at that point, there wasn't anything else. Like you were just basically seeing what, what I said. You were seeing um, facts. And I think that at that moment, I just knew I was like, there's there's something wrong. And the end result, I was like, there has to be an outcome that is justice for this because this is clearly wrong what we're watching and I could not even finish watching and um, I can only imagine how the ones that were actually there who actually witnessed it there I don't I honestly don't see how that wouldn't affect them long term because um, that was it was just unhumane what what happened that day so witnessing it 
so I, I know that a lot of times young people have to, you know, hear that older group like myself always talk about how we grew up, the situations we were under. And a lot of times young people say, that's not us. That we're not living that way. Did did you reflect on those conversations and did this situation cause you to think about stories that you've heard before? It did. Um, like I always listen to my parents and I take in what wisdom they have. But I do know from like family members, friends or younger individuals than myself, a lot of times they're the type that like you can tell them and tell them, but until they actually see it, that's when the aha moment happens. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like this point in time was one of those moments where it's what was being said was actually happening. So um, like when people say they have the like history repeats itself and things like that. And I truly do believe this moment for young, especially the really, really young individuals. I think they got to see visually that what my parents or what my grandparents or what the things or the lessons that they're trying to teach me. This is why they're saying those things to me. And um, I think it really was an eye opener for many. And I know it definitely was an eye opener for me. And I like I just look at the the male figures that I have in my life, like my cousins, my dads, my uncles, my friends, like that are African American males. I just thought like that could be any of them, and it could it that exact thing could happen to them. So I was just trying to really like I internalized it as what if that would have been my father? What if that would have been my cousin? What if that would have been my uncle? And I think a a few others actually did the same thing. And I think that's why it really was heartbreaking because people really internalized that. And um, George Floyd was like our father, our uncle, our sibling. Like he he was that. So it kind of it kind of hit home the fact that we could actually see this going on and then apply it to our life as well. And realize that, hey, mom and dad, what they were saying wasn't completely incorrect. These type of things are still happening, even though we're in 2020, in 2021. Do you think that we know that it has all that it has never stopped? But do you feel that having the pandemic in place, it slowed everything down, slow enough for people to pay attention uh, to cause these protests and and did you feel or did it ever go through your mind that the protests that were taking place in Minneapolis that it should have spread it to other states to other cities how did you feel about the protests um i didn't i didn't see anything wrong with the protests and i really do feel like a catalyst in all of this was technology Mm-hmm. Technology is what allowed us to see this. Technology is a, a, what allowed it to spark mm-hmm. and get to different avenues of people who never would have known this is happening right there in Minneapolis, but they got to see it because you can broadcast it, you can you can videotape it. And technology, I think, is what kind of kind of spursed everything out. But I do feel like I didn't blame Minneapolis for wanting to protest it. 
and they were hurting and that's what was going on with them like there comes a point too i think individuals if you keep on repeatedly repeatedly doing something or saying something and then nothing occurs at that point you're like my voice isn't being heard so i need to try something else or i need to do something different and i do feel like frustration probably played a large part of it not being heard and feeling like it's just a, a trend and it's going to constantly happen those factors all played a part and i think individuals who don't maybe live in that area or witness that every day they they can't relate to it so we do need to have a sense of empathy as well and understanding that individuals do um, are hurting there so so their their way of speaking out may be through protests may be through chants or may th- be through signs or may be through blocking roads and standing that is their way of being heard so i do understand that part of it but i don't know if that's just more so of the type of person i am or the counselor side of me or me just being more empathetic but um but i do think people in the, if you're not living in it and actually in that environment it's hard to say what you will and what it do to to be heard and i think the greatest thing that came out of their protest was change yes. they forced change Yes. And and you you know as well that it takes that significant emotional event to create change, and it does. and it definitely happened. You know his daughter saying, "My dad is going to change the world." You know, no one realized the prophecy she was she was making, uh, and and that it took his death uh, to change the world. It did. You know, it it really did. But when you and your friends talk about it. What what kind of conversations do that you all have? Um, I think we have we have um, we we have great discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's more so just a viewpoint thing. If like I tell individuals, environment plays a large role in a person's life. Where they grow up, where they live, mm-hmm. in the environment they live in, that plays a large role. So individuals that are judging from the outside they 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 only see what what is in front of them and i think that's what was kind of special about this case was because it seemed like every piece of the case was basically right there like there was no denying it 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 was there was no saying if or could or would this be it was just facts just there and i think that's what made this case where everyone was in agreement because there was no if or what what if they would have done this or what if they would there was nine minutes and 29 seconds of someone being murdered and everyone saw the same murder so i think that's one of the reasons why this case is so different and i think that's why a lot of the discussions i have about it all of my friends and i were on the same page because we literally are looking at the same information, the same evidence, the same facts. Um, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There was a person laying on the ground that couldn't breathe and your knee was in his neck cutting off their air supply. Like there's no, there's no other way to put it. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why this case, like 
there was no denying it. Um, but discussions as far as that I have, I try to be open-minded and hear others' viewpoints. But um, for the most part, my friends and I, we all agreed with the verdict and we all agreed about the case. Uh, many of us all, like we said, could not watch the entire video or could not stomach like looking or hearing um, the distress. So like that just, I'm a sensitive person. So that just really made um, made me sad. But, um, but I don't mind having an open discussion. But like I said, we're on the same page with this case. So going from George Floyd to Dante Wright, how did you feel? Did you feel that here we go again? You know, did it just reach this level of frustration? How has that affected you? It did. And then, like, I just felt like the, the timing and then it it's almost like, it's almost like we have learned behavior, but it's like we're saying things and we're, we're advocating for ourselves and we're telling individuals and the police to stop killing us. And then it's like they're doing the complete opposite. And um, that case just hurt my heart, too, because I'm like, we're in the middle of this trial and the cop is saying she mixed up a gun and a taser, but she has all of this experience. She's been on the law force for so long, but she's saying she mixed it up. And it's just it just comes to a point of frustration. Like, why is there an exception with other races? But when the black race, you're expecting us to just say, oh, we forgive you. You, you made a mistake, but you don't make those mistakes with others. So I just felt like that was the frustrating part with me because it's inconsistent. It's the inconsistency. So, so Damika, as we begin to close, what, what, is, what do you have on your mind to, to share that you have been holding back concerning, you know, just your feelings about this? Um, I just want people to realize that systemic racism is something that still exists. Um, I just want them to realize that our ancestors that dealt with racism and grew up and lived in that era, they're, they're not as old as you think they are like it's not that long time ago so i just wish that people would realize that when they say racism is so long ago and slavery was so long ago like they don't realize that we're still living that now so i just wish more that would understand like yes we have evolved as humans and we're grown as in a race and we have individuals that are getting college degrees and owning businesses and entrepreneurs but there's still that factor of systemic racism that is there it may not look like we're drinking out of different water fountains but there may be someone on your job that's hiring only someone that looks like them and not hiring any African Americans or it may be someone who they may charge you more for a house because you're African American and then they charge someone else for a, a discounted rate or a cheaper price so it, I do want people to realize that racism doesn't always have to just look a certain way but to realize that those things are still exist and when we're saying that we want change those are the things we're speaking of change but until they realize that it's an issue or it needs to be a change or that that's a problem there's not going to be a change but 
basically we just need to keep fighting keep pushing forward and recognizing that we deserve equality and right now we're not getting equality we're getting bits and pieces to pacify it and then once we get what we they think will make us a little bit happy then they're like okay that's sufficient enough but no we don't want just mediocre mm-hmm. we want equality but Demika, you, you said a lot you said a lot during this interview and it's a kind of interview that we can easily talk about and add more to it yes and i would like to come back and and pick your thoughts again okay but um i'm going to close because i try to keep the interviews short enough to keep everybody's attention <laughs> but you had my attention <laughs> But again, I would like to thank you for accepting my invitation. I would like to thank you for sharing your thoughts. And, you know, on behalf of the audience and myself, I love you. I love you too. And, and, and until next time, be good. Yes, sir. <laughs>